welcome to Life Lessons with Dr. Steve Schell. For 20 years, Dr. Steve's 30-minute radio program, Life Lessons, was heard throughout the United States. Committed to comprehensively teaching through entire books of the Bible, Pastor Steve pulls out the deep, eternal truths in each section of Scripture without skipping over the challenging passages. He applies what is learned clearly and practically so that we're inspired not to just be hearers of the Word, but doers also. I want to talk to you about a thing called soul ties. I've been dealing, when I've talked about depression, I've talked about trading in our expectations, I've talked about regular exercise, I've talked about Sabbath, I've talked about uh, reconciling regularly and worship and uh, nutrition and sleep and, and having people lay hands on you and pray for you, taking naps, uh, on and on. I've talked about all kinds of things. But as I've ministered at the altar, a number of people will come up and they'll often make a comment like this, having to do, they'll say to me, I can't seem to forgive myself. Now, when I hear that comment, my, my reaction is to begin theologically reasoning and saying, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Of, of course, if Jesus has forgiven you, you have to forgive yourself. And you say that kind of thing, and you can just see the, the eyes uh, kind of like, it, nothing, it's not hitting home, it's not registering. And I got a revelation a while back, as I was praying with somebody, and the Lord showed me, He said, the reason they can't forgive themselves is not because they don't theologically understand that Jesus died for them, it's because the thing is still alive. This thing is still agitating, and they're feeling the guilt and the shame of it on an ongoing basis. And that's why they're not able to, to forgive. What they're expressing is not able to forgive themselves, is that they're still feeling the power of it, and they're ashamed of it. And, and so, I want to talk about something, and this term I just heard used years ago, it's not a Bible term, it's, it's just something somebody made up to, to try to point to, some sort of reality, and they call it a soul tie. We know we have body, soul, and spirit. Our bodies, the, the, the bag of electrochemical processes we live in. Our spirit is that part of us which when I die, I, my personality, I am a spirit. Uh, I, am, I don't have one in my pocket, I am spirit. Uh, you shoot me and I continue to exist, my personality. Yeah, that, some of you wish it wouldn't, but it does, and, and I'll be there, and Steve Shell will be in heaven. Uh, the soul part of me is my, the personality which is, is part of my old nature. It's, it's my inner being and my inner life, but it's not the part that God has necessarily, not put, God has put there. It's the part of me that's, that's kind of my human. It's not all evil, uh, but it's not enlightened. In my area of my soul, there is an awful lot that goes on, and a lot of the healing from depression has to do with soulish issues, such as expectations that others put on us, things that we register inside that we live with. God has not put them there, but other people and life has put them there. A soul tie, by my definition here, and I just wrote one down, an inappropriate bond to another person at the emotional, psychological level. I'm not sure it's not, there's not, well, I'll, I'll say more about spiritual later, but it is possible to, to have bonds to people 
And in many areas of life, it's quite normal and appropriate and should be there. Parents bond with children and children bond with parents. That's not inappropriate. That's not unnatural. It is absolutely God-given. That kind of thing should be happening. Husbands and wives bond with one another. That is perfectly normal. God intended it to be that way. In fact, I'll show you a scripture uh, which I, I draw from here in just a moment when Jesus actually makes such a statement. So, let's be real careful here and say that the, the, the tying of our souls together with other people in friendships, in, in, in a lot of areas, is normal and healthy and right. The problem is, some of, some of these psychological emotional ties to people are formed which are inappropriate or which as life progresses, begin to, to do damage to us. They intrude into our proper relationships. They become, uh, there are former relationships or um, improper relationships that begin to damage the right relationships, affect the way I feel about my children, affect the way I feel about my spouse. They intrude into my life. Um, they often bring up old feelings. And I, my conscious mind, when I perceive these things, rejects them and says no to them, but then feels ashamed or guilty for having had such feelings. Let me, let me read you a scripture, I, because I'm going to focus on, at this point, kind of the, the, the husband and wife relationship. Matthew chapter 19, verse... Uh, I'll start at verse uh, 3. Some Pharisees, those would be uh, conservative uh, Bible-believing Jews, came to Jesus, testing him and asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his mother and, a, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, so that they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. This sense of being one flesh, it's something mysterious, isn't it? It isn't just talking about a conjugal act. Something happens when you're married. Something happens when you bond. See, you don't have to have a marriage license to have this happen. You can have this one fleshness occur without ever having been married. This is part of the difficulty with the culture we're in right now and with the way things are going. Through our dating, through, intense, through relationships which I believe that you can bond and become one flesh and have this soul tie form with people for, with which you, you, you date even when you don't have intercourse. And I think it generally does occur when we have intercourse. So what is happening in a lot of our lives is that we are forming a psychological emotional bond to people which is inappropriate 
Now we want to get rid of it in our minds. Our, 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 our conscious mind says, I'm not going to mess with this. Get out of here. I'm going on to this new relationship. But it's not that easy. It's not that easy to get rid of these things. And so we try to go into a fresh relationship and the old carries into our new relationship and hangs on and influences us. And I believe that some people are struggling inside themselves. The reason I bring this up in the context of depression, that some of us are, are depressed and are tied to the past through soul ties and we don't realize what we're addressing. We have bonds to previous relationships and previous situations that hold on to us. And those things go on. Uh, I don't know that there's any time limit on it. I don't think there's a shelf life on these. We often think, um, well, after five years, they ought to be gone, right? They ought to just have worn down. No. After 10 years. No. After 20 years. No, not necessarily at all. That's the, that's the difficult part. I think they can go the rest of our lives quite easily. Unless they're addressed. Um, sub, uh, when I counsel in premarital counseling, one of the subjects that I would always come up to is the whole idea of entering into this new relationship with a chaste heart. That's an old King James term. But the idea being single-minded, being able to enter into my new proper relationship in a single-minded, wholehearted way, without bringing any baggage, without, and what I would be talking about is without bringing soul ties to previous relationships into my new, this new marriage this new relationship. And I would, I would begin to talk to them about needing to, 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 to pray and, and, and renounce that. But here's where it really got interesting. I would say to them, do either of you have, it, still with you, tokens of former relationships? Uh, they always say, what do you mean? And I'd say, well, you know, like rings, letters, Pictures, gifts, articles of clothing, flowers, songs, I don't know. Do you have tokens of former relationships? And I, when I started marriage counseling, I thought that the men would be the ones that would have this stuff. <laughs> you know, kind of trophies of their past conquests, that kind of stuff. To my surprise, the great bulk of the stuff seemed to occur on the female side. And that they had often been given gifts, often very expensive gifts, uh, rings and, and all sorts of jewelry and, 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 and things like that. You never really knew who it would be. And they'd say, oh, it's no problem, it's no big deal. And I'd say, then good, good, I know it isn't, let's get rid of it. <laughs> And they say, but it's worth so much. I said, wonderful, hock it. <laughs> Excellent. Think how much you'll get. <laughs> we, 
we often have no idea how strong the tie is. But I'll tell you, you'll find out when you take that article. Some people have box loads. I mean, photographs, rings, jewelry, uh, underwear, uh, you know, you name it. There was stuff from old relationships. And when I said, let's get rid of it so that we can enter into this new relationship with a whole heart, you would be amazed at the struggle that would go on. Now, I have to confess, I had to take some of my own medicine. I had to get rid of some of the stuff I had, old pictures and things. You know, it's kind of like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you think, no problem. And then you try to get rid of it. <laughs> you be surprised. Pagan religion has known for millennia that there's something about objects that hold power. The, the religious term for it is totemism. Totems. That's why we have totem poles. Poles in which logs in which the spirits reside. That's what those totem poles are, is, is poles which uh, uh, the powers of these animals, where they're actually uh, demonic powers, would reside in those things. Amulets, good luck charms, uh, objects. They do hold power. I don't understand this. I don't, even, I don't have a clue why it works or why things have power like that. But they do. It's not just a vague superstition of the past. And you'll feel a power when you try to get rid of it. Now, I was trying to let my mind go forward and say, is this only true of men and women? It is particular, I, I have seen it the most of this subject, of men and women, but it occurred to me, uh, it certainly, of course, it certainly could be uh, homosexual affections, it could be, uh, you can have ties from just casual sexual encounters. You can have ties, I think, from unhealthy religious groups. There's something about religion that's almost like a husband and wife thing. That's why when churches bust up, it's just like a divorce. I mean, have you gone through a church breakup? If you haven't, you, good for you. Praise God. I hope you never do because it is just like having your guts ripped out. You might as well go through a divorce almost. People will, 10 years later, will still be suffering from it. People, their whole walk with God can be disrupted by, by a church disruption because there's something intimate and spiritual of where, what are we, aren't we becoming one body? Just as a husband and wife become one flesh. And something real goes on in that realm, and I don't understand. I just can feel the power of it and how real it is. Oppressive religious leaders and cult-like organizations often can have the same sort of thing so that some people, when they try to go on with God, have a tie in their soul that seems to hold them, and they mourn, and they're never free, and they can't give their heart into a, to a new congregation or in, in, into a new ministry because they're still held by their soul to the past. How do we get rid of this? How do we address it? 
One, you do have to want to. You have to make a decision. And that isn't always as obvious as you might think. If you have had, and I would suggest, if you've never done it, I think you should do it. Um, I, as I say, whenever I have someone going into a marriage, I, I, I press them on this and make them face these issues. I say, I want you to prayerfully renounce all previous relationships. And in some people's cases, that's a long list. But even when it's not a long list, that doesn't mean it isn't a powerful list. I, I dated a girl for years in high school, and uh, I, ne I never had intercourse. But uh, I gave my heart to her. And it took me a long time to get that thing addressed and to get the last issues broken because it carried on into my marriage. See, I didn't want it there. I wasn't trying to give this place. I didn't know how to get rid of it. And some of you undoubtedly have the same kind of things, particularly when there's been a divorce and a remarriage. This, this kind of thing will be carrying forward. And so some of you, I think, are dealing with depression because of the shame and the anger and the frustration. Because, And it isn't so much a matter that you can't forgive yourself, is that you're not free yet. The reason you're feeling what you're feeling isn't that it's just you haven't forgiven. It's that there's still a power there and you're still feeling belonging. And it's not gone and you're, you're frustrated and ashamed of feeling that longing. Angry at yourself, trying to punish yourself to somehow deal with it. So, if this, this is just one cause, how would I address it? First of all, I would, I would make the decision to get rid of it. I be, you begin with a willful choice, saying, Lord, I, I choose. And, and you, that's not always easy. Sometimes we, you still love that person. Sometimes you still long for that, for that organization that you were a part of. Sometimes your head is it's just, someday I'm, someday I'm going to get back there. Someday I can come back to that person. Somehow that'll come home again. So you have to die to it. Things don't sort of die slowly, generally. You have to club them in the head. <laughs> really, uh, this kind of thing, you, you, you don't just sort of say, well, let's just tune it down a little bit. No, no, no. You have to just shoot it. And so there's a decision that says, you do. I've tried, I've tried the slow death approach. You, you give that thing to the Lord and you say, Lord God... I recognize this has got to die. And between you and me, I start right here, right now. And I give that over to you, and I let that die. I let the hope of it die. I let the longing of it die. It is gone from me forever. Then I would absolutely remove all tokens, all letters, all gifts, We had one of these with somebody I know in which we ended up and taking the stuff out in the, and, and, and busting it up in the garage. Taking a hammer to it. I mean, some valuable gifts. Some jewelry and stuff. And taking it out and smashing it with a hammer. You say, well, we could have hocked it, I suppose. 
But you know, sometimes you don't want to give people tainted goods. Uh, you know, somebody else gets this thing. I, I don't. <laughs> there is an attachment to things. I have these wonderful clothes. You mean I have to give the clothes up? Yeah, I do. I'm not being legalistic. I'm not trying to force you. You want to be free of this thing? I'm telling you how. It's up to you. I'm not coming after you. I'm not checking on this. I'm just telling you things hold. Clothing, jewelry, letters, letters by all means, gifts, flowers, old, old records or tapes that have songs that were our song. Yeah, you know, you know. We laugh. We laugh, but you know where it is right now. You know what you know. You know where the record is? You know where the picture is? You know the book it's in? You know right where it is, right this minute, if if this is one of yours. It won't go till that sucker goes. The stuff's gotta go. The totem has to be broken. And then there needs to be, in my opinion, an authoritative prayer by another person which addresses the tie as though treating a demonic attachment. Now, I haven't called this thing demonic, and I don't know whether it is or not, but I, I know that when you pray about it, you pray like it is. And that when I pray for somebody with a, with a soul tie, I have to pray in authority, and I address the tie, and I break it with a spiritual act. I, I often, I don't know why, but just over the back of their head, I just cut the thing. As though there was a, there was cords attached to them somehow. And I say in the name and authority of Christ, I cut that thing off and release them from it. And so there is something, and I don't know, what am I doing? I don't know. I don't know. But I know that things can go. I know that if you take, you take these steps and you pray them, the Lord can break in. I want you to know that's the point of all this tonight is that you do not have to live held by the gut to past relationships. And the way to handle them is not simply try to sort of be tough and sort of say, ah, oh, it's not a problem to me. No, 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 no. You know, you, you can go right on. You can go 40 years with this. It won't go away. But Jesus can take them away. That's the point. Part of our healing of depression is freeing us from the past. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. And he has come to give you freedom. And he has come to allow you to fall in love with your spouse and to fall in love with your church and to fall in love with your brothers and sisters and fall in love with ministry again. He's come to let you give your heart in a chaste, pure, like a virgin. See, I think virginity can be restored. It isn't something that's once lost, always gone. You can actually have your virginity not sexually or, I think, spiritually. I think our virginity spiritually, where we're, there's a purity and a, and a cleanness and a, and, a, and, a, and a naivete almost, can come back to us as we give our heart again to the Lord. It's restoring our first love. And it's also giving our, giving our whole heart to our spouse. It can, and Jesus wants it to be, the old ties, the soul ties, broken off of us, and set free. Would you stand with me?
let me just remind you of those steps as we close in prayer right now. It would begin by saying, Lord, I, I, recognize, I recognize that I have not been free in my heart from this person, from this religious group, or this, this leader, or personality. I think they can form other ways, can't they? I, I don't even understand the complexity of this. But there's somebody who can't, I can't get out of my life. I'm not free to go on because of the power and the control it's held me. And I want that gone, Lord. And I let it go. And so that would start tonight. A prayer like that that would say, I want it gone. And then secondly, hopefully in the next day or so before you lose your resolve, you would take that stuff and get rid of it. Take it to the pawn shop, have somebody take it for you, burn it, throw it, get it out. And you will find the reality of what I've said tonight when you grab it, when you take hold of it, when you look at it and hold it in your hand and have to get rid of it. You will find how powerful it is. You're going to come up with a million reasons why you shouldn't do this. This is just part of my history. I mean, I just want to remember if I do this on that. You'll feel how hard it is. That's, the, that's a point of the tie. It's got to go for you to break. And then, as you wish... There's those at the altar, there's pastors, there's one another. But somebody, I think, ought to pray over you and anoint you with oil and curse that tie off of you and break its power off of your soul and stand in agreement with you. Father, we love you so much for sending your Son who has set us free for the power of the Holy Spirit that can restore our chastity, our virginity, our purity, that can allow us to love again with a whole heart, not a burned, cynical, bound-up, soul-tied heart, but a heart that is freely and whole given to another where it's proper. And Lord, that we can enter into our, our worship and our spiritual walk again, though having been soul-tied in the past and having been wounded in the past we can love you and serve you like a brand new believer our heart can be burning with passion again for you Lord wherever my brothers and sisters are tied by their soul with cords that are not from you any longer in the name of Jesus set them free I just agree even now Lord as, as, as men and women begin to renounce and turn away from old relationships or old bonds. I agree with their prayers, Lord. Set us free. Cut the cords that bind us. Break the chains. You have broken the chains and set us free. Come Holy Spirit now and give courage to each heart to get rid of tokens and totems that would hold power over us, that would bind our soul to the past. Free us, O oh Lord, and give us the courage and even help if we need it to burn and destroy and sell and cleanse the house of leaven that we might give our hearts wholeheartedly without, a, without reserve to those you've given to us. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. And thank you, Lord, that we tread underfoot serpents and scorpions 
and that the demonic powers that would, would yank on these chains and would torment us and come into our life with others, that their power can be silenced and broken by the word of authority in Jesus Christ. Great is the name of the Lord Jesus. There is no other name above His name. And at His name every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, everything on earth, in the heavens, and under the earth shall acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We praise You, Lord, and submit the spirits of these that would affect these ties now to Your authority. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. God be with you. Have a week free. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please click the like button, subscribe, and share it with a friend. For more information, just head to our website, lifelessonspublishing.com. That's lifelessonspublishing.com. There you'll be able to order many of the books Pastor Steve has written.